Tonight on America's Best Kitchen, the chef duo of Michael and Campbell are going to prepare some Swedish delicacies for you. Oh, hey everybody. Um, welcome to our kitchen. This is my partner, Michael. Hey everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, there's one thing that uh, Michael and I have decided that we were going to broaden our horizons this year and we're going to start preparing delicious foods from all over this blue planet we call Earth. Um, we stopped at a little commune, um, in Sweden. That was just lovely. Just lovely. Oh, just beautiful. Yeah. Um, really. The flowers. The flowers were the great. The trees. Yeah. And then, great. like, you know, um, everybody's family there. It was crazy. You know, they skinned my, my other friend. But, but we're not going to hold that against them. I'm going with their culture. <laughs> Hate to insult people. Um... But we're going to prepare a, a nice pastry and drink combination that we had there. Yes, this is a special Harga recipe mm. uh, that oh, they so have good. allowed us to yeah. make for all of you yeah. at home. Um, first, uh, we're going to take some tree bark. Um, we're just going to grade that a little bit. Um, and uh, Michael, could you hand me um, that container right there? Yeah. This is the special. Yeah, this is the special thing. We'll talk about that later. Um, will you mix up the the batter for me? Yes. So we're we're using all natural ingredients. I mean, um, they're definitely keto friendly. I yes. know that much. Keto, uh, vegan, um, um, carnivores. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Herbivores, all, all of them. Omnivores. That's everything. Uh, everybody in in the is gonna enjoy this delicious dessert. All right. So uh, I'll take the batter and we're gonna pour this into our pan. Okay. Um, then we're going to add a couple of key ingredients that makes it really Swedish. Um, first, I'm going to open up this bag of Swedish fish. And uh, I'm going to place about three Swedish fish per. Okay, because you don't want to overdo it. You don't want that to override the main ingredient. Um, and then I'm going to take some powdered sugar and some baking soda. Ooh, yes, now you can always put on more for me. I know, I know. I mean, we... Yes. It's a weird game we play. Um, so powdered sugar, a little baking soda, um, talcum powder. Okay, so that way we have our three powders. You can smell that. Smell that batter. Okay? Yes. The batter is better. The better our batter. Alright, and now for the key ingredient. Um, pubic hairs for this pube cake. Now, I know you at home may never have thought about pubic hairs and cakes, but, I mean, that's why you really need to broaden your horizon yeah. to other cultures. There's something about the sweet softness of the cake mixed with the crunchiness of someone's pubes. And it's even better when you, you know, use the pubic hairs of someone you love. Oh, I love it. I love it. We use the each other's. So, I'm like a bird's nest down there I could make <laughs> I can make cakes for, the, for this whole town pretty much with my pubes so alright well, we're gonna set the oven to 350 degrees that's the perfect pube crunchy temperature okay and now Michael I know that we talked about like what to pair this with and we're actually gonna pair it with a drink a very nice drink that we um we had when we were there yeah just a, a little something I, I've, 
I've actually made this again ever since then. You know, a nice Sunday afternoon. A great Sunday afternoon. It's like um, it's like a mimosa, but it's not. So, um, first we're gonna take some champagne. Um, we're gonna take a fine Merlot, vintage. Okay, and then um, my sister Sherry. I actually pitched in the next ingredient, which is um, her menstrual blood. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Thank you, Sherry. Yeah, you can just see the sloughed all the eggs in it. It's fantastic. So. And this is fresh, beginning of her cycle. Yeah, we 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 just squeezed out all her tampons. The squeezed them out. Um, it's kind of like like squeezing lemon for lemonade, except incredibly gross. <laughs> um. Alright, so you're going to mix those three in equal parts. Um, you're going to give it a nice little shake. And I always like to use a celery afterwards. It's kind of like a Bloody Mary. If the blood was actual menstrual blood. Okay. Oh, oh and just, you know, one little thing uh, extra. I like to just give it a little more flavor. Add in a little bit of smegma. Oh, smegma. You're talking about the, the gross crusties that are around the head of your dick? Well, yes. Oh, okay. Hey, listen. That's the beauty about true fine cuisine is that you can get it from yourself. So, And, that, and this is a really customizable dish. You, yeah. can, you can add in kind of whatever you want. Experiments. Yeah, comb, spit, fingernail clippings. All of it is in, on the table. I mean, literally, it is. I, I, I laid it all out here if we want to try it. So, oh, looks like our pube cakes are done. Let's, oh, goody. Oh, you can smell that. Let me just cool this off. You can smell that pube cake. Mm, mm. Now, what I like to do is I like to dribble, dribble a little white stuff on top, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I think I do. <laughs> and I'm talking about cream cheese. Yes. And cum. Mmm. Just... You can just really smell the singed pubic hairs. But, like, that's the surprising part. It's so sweet and so crunchy. It makes you really, really excited for the day. So here's your drink. Oh, I can, I can hardly wait, but I need to. I let it cool for two to three minutes yeah. after out of the oven. But we've been making this uh, shit for days. I have a whole rack over here. So, I told you, lots of pubes. Um, so here you go. Do you want to try it? And I've got the drink here. Also, I um, put some awaska in it, so we should be fucking tripping balls. Oh, good. I couldn't. I eat, couldn't. I couldn't eat this shit. Couldn't force it. this shit down. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers to a good midsummer. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Cat Scare Podcast. I'm Campbell. I'm Michael. And tonight we're talking about 2019 Ari Aster directed Midsummer or Somar or whatever you want to call Mid-Somar. it. Midsummer. I say Midsummer because the character said Midsummer. Look, if you if you're gonna be an advocate for horror, I am definitely a horror advocate. Then you okay. are a Midsummer. You say pecan, I say pecan.
but this time I say Midsummer. So, Midsummer is a is the sequel or the follow-up to his awesome movie, which we've already covered, Hereditary. Love it. Great, fantastic movie. Still to this day, I, I will watch it anytime I get the chance. Um, but Midsummer was a little different. Um, you know, he definitely got to spread his wings a little bit on this one. With really... very, it is very different from other horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really shows his strengths as a yeah. director being able to uh, have this kind of contrast, bring it, being able to bring all these colors in and still keep um, the suspense and dread yeah within I mean visually off the charts um you know from the early scenes of the snowfall and like the shots of the sister's house with the parents with the flashing lights to when they get to um actual Sweden and and the beautiful fields and is mostly daylight there is hardly nighttime in this movie which is really cool for a horror movie um you know uh he had some really creative shots a lot of glass like peering in the glass and out of glass mm-hmm. uh which i'm sure has some symbolic nature um but no I, you know the first time i saw midsummer i may have been wasted <laughs> so um i feel like that may have colored my ideas on the movie as a whole uh, because initially, I said I would never watch this again. It was it was too much for my brain. Um, the tail end of the movie, where uh, shit goes down, really, really fucked my head up. And all I could see was just those final images of this movie that, up to then, while had a lot of fucked up parts, ultimately it's just this what I think is a beautiful masterpiece of visual filming and storytelling. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, like, those images, um, I I feel like in contrast to the way that things are presented, uh, really, they really make them stand out. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, when there is still, you know, for all you you gore fans, there's plenty of gore. Yes, in there this. is, uh, mm-hmm. and the parts that it's in are wicked, gnarly, yeah, and hard <laughs> and hard to to swallow, you know. And um, a, a very realistic in its violence um, and creative in its violence, but it is it's a hard movie to watch, um, you know. Uh, his past two movies, Hereditary and this one, dealt with grief. You know, what would somebody do in order to get out of grief? And when grief is too great, who would they turn to? In Hereditary, they turned to the supernatural, which ended up opening up, you know, their family to a cult that wanted to behead all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, In this one, grief uh, of one character leads her in the arms of a cult, essentially. Um, You know, cults are fascinating. Well, this one's... It's a little different 
then like I mean I guess you can no still call it the Manson but it's, family. But it's different in a way that's like the cult. I mean the cult uh, in Hereditary had this overwhelming sense of control over yes. everything. Like when, once you realize just how deep it went. Mm-hmm. Um, Despite its size, like you couldn't escape this, this all was going to happen. But um, with Midsummer, it's more than just like a cult; it's a culture. Yeah. Well, and it's it's something that like has been going on for uh, hundreds of years and will continue to go on hundreds of years. True, but I mean, ultimately, communes, cults. Religious movements are all very similar. You know, they they have a a set set sect of rules in order for these people to follow, and you know, you get so ingrained into that lifestyle that it becomes pure belief. And so, you know, you see what they do in order to get people to stay is like what they did with Danny. You know, they love bombed them they made them feel very important they gave her purpose you know by letting her do like the cooking with the women and and also friendship and love you know and and she's ultimately susceptible as somebody who lost family you know to join something like this whether it's scientology basic christian face you know people generally don't come to them a-okay and like ready to rock yeah they they get you they get people who are down on their luck and and give them all this you know good sounding um but usually totally false correct uh kind of propaganda about you know what what you'll get with them uh and you know to some extent they do like yeah yeah they do but it, it's it's funny to like think about that as somebody who grew up in like a Baptist home that, that went to church a lot and I was involved I did a lot for the church but you know I see nothing wrong with it I think that people have their own choices that's why free will is around um, but as someone who has watched kind of how they play people as well as like how corrupt it can be like having something that like is a like a group or community that like you know work and help each other and help others that's all like fine and dandy i mean that's that's kind of why like at first i had joined the our local church Mm -hmm. was because i i like the community aspect of it yeah but with every community, there are these like darker aspects mm-hmm. that and can agendas. actually kind of control the community in a way and like shape it to something mm-hmm. much more sinister. And and to be truthful, you know, like there's a couple of people in that control group that have the right to keep you there, or take you out, or isolate you. So. You know, it's just man's agenda can taint pretty much anything, even if it's a good situation or, or something good for somebody. And um, 
and like I said, I, I really find Ari Aster's two films because of kind of the grief aspect as well as these different communities and groups that can control people's feelings and emotions. And in this case, their lives, whether or not they're alive or dead. Um, so I loved it. I honestly, I thought on my second watch, I wasn't going to like it as much as I thought I did. But on second watch, I actually loved it. I love the movie. I love its slow pace. I love uh, Danny as a character. I love the community and kind of how they start like pulling wool over everybody's eyes. It's, it's a really, really wonderful, well-made movie that is hard to watch. But I think I grew uh, more appreciation the second time. Than it's it also this is a thinking man's. Movie. It is. It is, and it and it does. You you have to pay attention, and that's. When a movie like keeps me like upright and like looking at it and like really focusing, that's a good sign. Um, and once again, he just so far has done that in the two that he's made. Yeah, uh, I can I can't. There's nary a bad thing I truly can say about it. So, um, so should we go over the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right, the plot of Midsummer. Some are, uh, according to Wikipedia. Psychology student student Danny Arder is left severely traumatized after her sister kills herself and their parents by filling their home with carbon monoxide. The incident further strains Danny's relationship with her increasingly distant boyfriend of four years, Christian, the douchebag. The worst. He's the worst. He's the worst. And uh, you're you kind of like keep looking at Danny going really. Really, but once again, when you lose something like that, you hold on to whatever's next to you, like even I, if that's bad. Well, I remember when the movie came out, uh, what ultimately happens to him was actually kind of divisive. Like, people you had two corners the people that were like, This is this is all too far, this is no, it doesn't make sense. Or, and then you had he deserved it, he deserved every which, bit of like, it. in reality, yeah, yes, didn't deserve it, but in movie world, yeah, I was all yes. for it. I was yes. very happy what happened to him. Um, <clears throat> so, a uh, distant boyfriend of four years, cultural anthropology student Christian Hughes. As summer approaches, she learns that Christian and fellow students Mark and Josh have been invited by the Swedish, their Swedish friend Pele, to attend a midsummer celebration at his ancestral commune, the Harga, in rural Halsenglad. I think I said that right. The festival occurs only once every 90 years, although Michael and I have talked about how that is possible. Um, and Josh, who is writing his thesis on European Midsummer festivities, regards it as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Christian had not discussed the trip with Danny, as he intended to break up with her prior to the tragedy with her family. After an argument, he reluctantly invites her along, which is like some of the shittiest scenes. Because he's like, hey guys, it's cool hanging out with you, by the way. Uh, I'm inviting Danny. But she's not coming. Oh, so you're saying she said she wasn't coming? Uh, no, she said she was, but she's not coming. Um, terrible dude. The worst guy. Um, upon 
arrival at the commune, they meet Simon and Connie, an English couple from London, who were invited by Pele's uh, communal brother, Ingmar. He offers the group psychedelic mushrooms, and Danny has a bad trip, hallucinating about her deceased family. The day after their arrival, the group witnesses an astupa ceremony where two elders commit suicide by jumping from a nearby cliff onto rocks below. When one of the elders partially survives the fall, the commune members mimic his wail of agony and promptly mercy kill him with a mallet. <laughs> commune elder Siv attempts to calm Connie and Simon, explaining that every member of their community does this at age of 72 and believes it to be a great honor. Christian also decides to write his thesis like a dick on the Harga commune, angering Josh for plagiarizing his idea. Disturbed by the ceremonies, Danny attempts to leave but is convinced to stay by Pele, little love bombing. He explains that he too was orphaned after his parents died in a fire, probably as the bear, and <laughs> the commune became his new family. Connie and Simon insist on leaving and are supposedly driven to a nearby train station one at a time. Wink, wink. During his thesis research, Christian is told to avoid that to avoid incest, outsiders are sometimes brought into the commune for mating purposes. He is propositioned to participate, but refuses. But aren't... Well, actually, no, never mind. Keep going. I'll... Okay. <clears throat> After... <laughs> he is propositioned to participate, but refuses. After unwittingly urinating on a sacred tree... Mark is lured away from the group by one of the female commune members. That night, Josh sneaks out of his bed and secretly photographs one of the commune's sacred texts, despite being forbidden by an elder for doing so. Josh is bludgeoned over the head and dragged away when he is caught and is distracted by a man wearing Mark's skinned face. We call him Leather Face. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the next day, both Danny and Christian are separately coerced into taking hallucinogenic drink. Danny wins a maypole dance dancing competition and is crowned May Queen. Meanwhile, Christian is led away and raped in a sex ritual. Mm. I don't think he was raped. I think if he... it well, if he's under influence, it is rape. Well, and the girl definitely was like not an adult either. So, um, I don't know. Well, she was. It was of age. You sure? Yeah. Something felt like... I mean, maybe because of the way that they categorize the people. I mean, for them, yeah. like you're, it's like as if you're not even really an adult until like 30. It, which is weird. Which, I mean, I'm still... I'm 38 and I'm not an adult. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Um, Christian is led away and raped in a sex ritual designed to impregnate Maja a young female member of the Harga. While older naked female members watch and mimic Maja's moans, Danny witnesses the ritual and believing that Christian is cheating on her has a panic attack while the commune's women surrounds her and mimic her cries. After the ritual, Christian comes to his senses and tries to flee. He discovers Josh's leg planted in a flower bed, which to me was like the dumbest thing. Um, <laughs> it's like, look at that. That's perfect. They'll never see it. Uh, maybe we should put a shoe on him. Yeah. I felt like that was their way of kind of just being like, 
Just so you didn't have any questions. Yes, yeah. Josh is dead. He's totally dead. Look at his leg. <clears throat> he got he got papillon. Um, <laughs> after the ritual, Christian comes to his senses. I already said that. Josh's leg planted in the flower bed and Simon's body on display in the barn after being subjected to a blood eagle, which is, I guess, what he was cut open as. Well, yeah, they, they like... Instead of just spread eagle, they like cut him open and spread that. Except yeah. I didn't notice the first time that, his lungs that he's alive. Yeah, that his that, lungs were. Yeah. 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 Uh, before being paralyzed by an elder. For the final ceremony, the commune leaders explained that the commune must offer nine human sacrifices to purge it of its evil. The first four victims are outsiders lured to them by Pele and Ingmar while the next four victims must be from the commune. As May Queen, Danny must decide either Christian or a commune member to be the final sacrificial victim. She chooses Christian, who is stuffed into a disemboweled brown bear's body and placed in a triangular wooden temple alongside other sacrifices. It is set on fire, and the commune members mimic the screams and wails of those being burned alive. Danny initially sobs in horror and grief, but she gradually begins to smile. The end. What a cheery time we just had. A good fairy tale. Yeah, a great fairy tale. Um, so, this movie had a really cool beginning because it showed initially a painting, like some of the artwork you see that's on the, um, in the different houses yeah. in the Harga's place. Oh, and actually... Since this was my second time mm-hmm. watching, I tried. I did try to pay extra attention to like the art that's on the walls. Yeah. Uh, in the same kind of way that like you want to do that when you watch like a Kubrick film. Yeah. Um, well, and some of the art that they well, the very first uh, piece of art that you see, um, in the first shot with Danny, mm-hmm. is uh, like a painting or something of like a little girl and a bear. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was cool because, like, whenever they were leading the European couple around, um, they went past this big sheet, and on the painting literally is what um, Maja did to to lure Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the pubes getting cut and the menstrual blood and, and then them having sex and... Uh, so that was cool, and then I do I do wish that was a little more subtle. <laughs> it was not subtle. because I mean they. I mean, when I first watched it, I never noticed it. I was like, "Look at that weird ass painting." Um, not or, yeah. I, I guess I wasn't. I was drunk. Well, well <laughs> okay. I guess once you really get to the point where it's like you see the drawing of like yeah. cutting the pubic hair yeah. and then like like peeing in the cup or yeah. whatever, it's like. You starting to pay attention? I guess. I guess when I watched it the first time, like I said, I was probably blitzed. I don't know. Um, so, and then they walk past the bear. You know, they're like, "We're not going to talk about the bear." <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, at the very beginning, you, it's almost like a, a theater play. It it shows the painting, and then it opens up to a cold, desolate, snowy town. Well, I think that's what. I mean, that opening is really um, what lends to the fact that this is uh, a, a dark, twisted fairy tale in yeah. disguise. Yeah. And so that opening 
is kind of reminiscent of um, like old Disney films. Yeah, you know, you always had the your little title card, which I like. The, it's not exactly the same, but you you've still got that kind of sweeping orchestra. Yeah, and then it pulls away. You're in the movie now. Yeah, and so you know it, it does this really cool shot. First, you just see nothing but snow and trees, and then it kind of like goes to town and it keeps shrinking down and then you're right there with every phone ring and so you're right there in uh danny's house nope was that danny's or was it the the sister it's the the well the parents slash sister i don't know if the sister still lived there Mm -hmm. but yeah calling the parents and uh which it, it was really cool how like you think like the parents are just asleep yeah and then turns out well sister Pull the whole double homicide. Mm. Well, we don't know that right away. What happens is you get to see Danny leaving a message and being very concerned, and she like is upset, and she musters the musters calling Christian, which is never a good sign when you are with somebody, and you're like, do I really want to call them? You know, are they gonna even answer? So. <clears throat> Uh, Christian picks up the phone and does what his douchebag. He at first you think he's like trying to be supportive, you know, like what happened with your parents and or have you heard anything from your sister? No, right from the moment he yeah. answered the phone, it was like he's like, hey, just smoking some resin, you know, being dudes. Well, I mean, clearly these people are no uh, beginners for like drugs. No, they, they definitely take yeah. this stuff all the time. And so, you know, she's like, she's like, I'm just worried about her. Something was different. And he's like, well, that's because you let her do that. You, you let her take advantage of you that way. You let her, you give her attention whenever she acts this way. And she's like, well, she does. She's bipolar, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. Well, you, you do get the sense, at least that this may be something that has been going on oh, a no. long time. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we, we know people that have, like, had their struggles. Yes. Uh, where, you know, you get kind of you get kind of tired. And you get numb, about numb about it. You yeah. Know? And it, it does get to the point sometimes where it's, like, it's just a cry for attention. Yeah. Um, but, you know, boy who cried wolf, uh, sometimes they still need... They actually need help. Yep. And then um, she gets a call from an unknown source. And it goes from that to the house, Danny's parents' house, flashing red lights. But you see the firemen turning cars off and going into the house. And then you actually see what happened. You know, she piped in carbon monoxide and taped her parents' room up. They're dead. And she made herself a carbon monoxide gas mask, and she's dead. Um, and uh, totally understood, Danny does not take this well. Oh, yeah, I love, you know, the way of, like, it was almost more impactful not, like, to see her process the information again. Yes. Just having her, um, she calls Christian again, yeah. and he... You know, reluctantly picks up the phone again. Yeah, uh, after all his friends are like, you need to dump uh, her ass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is like, you know, for 
friends of her too. They are not. Yeah. They just want Christian to be done with her. But um, and as soon as he answers the phone, you know, you just get her like wailing <laughs> out. Horrible, man. Not not even not even like like sniffles or something yeah. just like scream, oh, screams of death that's terrible and um, and Florence Pugh I love her I think she's a great actress um, not bad on the eyes um, but she is fantastic and I even loved her she, she gonna put you in the the pyramid yeah. I even love Black Widow I love her role in Black Widow I thought she did a great job oh yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. So very funny good good accent um, but like I said, lover. So, so ultimately, you zoom forward. Well, another I liked another thing when he actually goes to her her apartment. He's she's wailing and he's sitting with her in in his lap, and it's almost like a tableau. You know, you just see them from afar, and and then you zoom to the next time period, which I guess is years later. No, it. No? I think it's. Well, it sounded like um, he. It, it was like six months later. Yeah, could be. But ultimately, like it, enough time that maybe the, you know the friends were kind of thinking mm-hmm. maybe she needs to like move on already. Yeah. Uh, but short enough time where it's still believable that like yes, this is really affecting her still. Yeah. So. You know, um, they end up finding, she ends up finding out at a party that they initially had plans to go to Sweden, which she never knew about, which caused kind of an argument. Um, But ultimately, Christian feels guilty enough to actually ask her to the, to the um, Midsummer Festival. And all the guys are like, please don't come, please don't come, except for Pele, who I think saw somebody who the commune could help. Well, it's... It's that same kind of thing where it's almost like, was this really all planned kind of from the beginning, yeah. the same way that things were in Hereditary? It's like, I mean, we know later they needed four outside sacrifices, and True. Pele just brings them all in. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the. It, Ingmar brought in two, so. Well, yeah, but. So it was Mark, Josh, and those two. But, si- but Simon wasn't used as one of the sacrifices. Was he not? No, because it's nine people that are in the. Yeah. Um. The place. Yeah. And so I think in the. Um. In the temple. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There were. Well, there's there's the two that. The old people that committed suicide on the rocks. There's Mark and Josh, so that's four. There's Christian, which is five. There's two, like, Hunger Games like tributes. <laughs> um, so that's six, seven. There's the girl, the British girl, eight. Connie. Connie. And then who was nine? Simon. Oh wait, okay, yeah. yeah. So that's that's everybody. Oh, that's right, because they, you know, they had some of those people that mm-hmm. were like 
like they had some of the people that were just alive like let me just walk right in there yeah uh, oh. and then the others were like already dead they had like plants coming really strange that's what always that's what fucked me up the most is seeing like tree limbs out of people's skin bodies and stuff and how they made it you had a good little bit of that yeah they had uh, the mark they had mark as a gesture so just his head on top of this fake body and they're like shoving it up in the corner (laughs) it's really crazy um but ultimately like danny can't stand when people bring up family sisters anything like that she has panic attacks which leads to really when pele's talking about how sorry he was for the death of her family she panics and then goes into the bathroom but then it's that real cool shot of her immediately going into the plane the plane's bathroom i mean really intricate cool shots smart shots um and then you go from there to out the window of the plane even the turbulence you see and then it follows them in some strange ways in the car, like upside down shots. It almost looks like they're leaving this world and going to another. There was actually they had two things like that. Mm-hmm. Where um, remember the in the beginning that shot uh, when she's crying on Christian's lap. Yeah. Uh, and it slowly going to the window. It eventually leaves the window and just kind of goes crazy. A second, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's really one, cool. And it's like that's a. It's like I don't I don't necessarily know what it's for. Me neither. Maybe just keeping tension high. Yeah, or like always keeping you off kilter a little bit. Yeah, you know. Um, but once they get to Sweden, you they stop in a field, almost to the place. It looks like it's a place they have to stop and wait for a guide. Yeah. Um, because there were multiple people there, mm-hmm. and then we do see like some white road man yeah uh, saying all right one, one of the elders that looks like he kind of leads them there yeah and so they take um they take shrooms or whatever and uh, danny doesn't want to do it at first but ends up giving him from peer pressure from these douchebags that don't have any care in the world for yeah um except for maybe pele i just think he wanted a piece all right <laughs> that's just me i mean Pe- pele may have Put a couple pieces of wood under her bed. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> it's like uh, uh, there's a couple of bundles of wood down here, or it could he's all like just going, his fingers crossed. It's like I don't, I don't know if he actually like likes her or anything. He um, puts a good little smooch on her at that. Oh yeah, after that May May Queen thing, he like gets in it. Yeah, yeah. It could all be. I mean, maybe it is that thing like it's all in service for getting her well love bomb you know that's what they're getting doing getting her to join uh you know he he's always the one that brings like is bringing back up about her family so putting yeah. her in a dark place and then you know which leaves it m- more open for you know the the cult to come in and it's crazy, like, and and um, you know the use of drugs to to make them more susceptible to whatever they're doing to them um, is a is a kind. Of, and I thought that realistic, kind of realistic interpretation of what it is to do those types of drugs. Now, I'm not one of those people who has ever really done a hallucinogen. I mean, I, I've never done yeah I'm, anything. It like weirds that, me out to even think about it. I did. I did see that other people like yeah. Said it's really From accurate. Friends uh, that I have had that have done it, that seems to be more along the lines of like 
you melting into the floor or you kind of like paint on the walls moving or posters just kind of wiggling like that seems to be you know a pretty realistic take on what it is to trip balls so which, which that helped like especially later in the film mm-hmm. where um you know like they're at the festival and they're being given these different kinds of drinks and having that subtle um kind of like nothing can stay still yeah uh the bat like the trees in the back are all like moving it's crazy yeah. um and like stuff on the on the table is breathing and moving and um yeah i mean it, it sets the stage for like the weird stuff that's going on mm-hmm. well like so when they you know when they do trip danny Obviously has a bad trip and runs into a bathroom, I think, and and sees her sister and then runs out and passes out and they wake up and she's like, "How long have I been?" <laughs> and it's like, "Well, we found you six hours ago," and so they get her up and they go to the commune. Uh, from there, you just see this idyllic scene of people playing flutes and and welcoming, hugging, and really getting close face to face. Basically, like. Welcome to our perfect paradise. Look at this world. And uh, I think everybody's pretty at all about it, except for maybe Mark, who's just puffing his e-cigarette at any time he can get. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about the dynamics between the characters. None of these people are good friends to each other. At all. No. No. I mean, I guess... uh... I don't know how good of friends they are. Yeah. Um, well, they seem like, to hang out a lot, but they they also seem like they're like they're all in college. They're all pursuing their like kind of like masters. Yeah. Uh, or doctorate like. or yeah. something to do with something like that. Now, now, the one thing, like. At first, you see, really, the one that was mostly into it is Josh. Is Josh. And Josh, he is very into, very into anthropology and and these types of festivals. Um, I mean, he's all, like, studying about different cultures. And so he plans on going to, like, three more of these kind of things. Yeah. if only he wasn't planted in the ground <laughs> yeah. and burned alive. Uh, no, burned in general. Uh, so, Josh and... At first you're like, Josh probably is pretty good friends with Christian. But truth be told, Christian is a user and a mooch and lazy as fuck. So he ends up taking Josh's thesis statement about this place that they're at. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm doing it anyway. If you would like to collaborate... Just let me know. Um, I, I feel like that was put in there really just to like hammer home that Josh or not Josh, uh, Christian is just like a big douchebag. Yeah, yeah, like the biggest. Like, like, like yes, you can have like a, a bad relationship. Like, I mean, he he was going to break up with. Um, yeah, and circumstances. Yeah. 
and it's kind of like, flat. How, how do you do that? Hmm? How, how do you break up you after, after that? Like, you can't. Oh, I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. But to, to really show in a different way just how much of a elite, like, she actually thought that she was the one leaning on him so yeah. much. Um, but this just kind of shows that he's actually the leech. Oh, yeah. Oh. He for sure is the biggest leech I've ever seen. Um, I don't think like I don't think Mark was a good friend to any of them. I think he kind of wanted to do his own thing. He could care less about it. Um, all he wanted to do was get laid in Europe. Um, but yeah, there. This is probably the worst friend group I've ever seen. And <laughs> honestly, like I was happy. Normally, you're supposed to like want them to live but there's none of those guys that I wanted to live um I was very happy to see all of them die (laughs) um so from there you know the movie is just sprawling for such a small area but there's a lot to talk about um like what I always ask this but what was your favorite scene of the movie oh think my favorite scene well I, I think my favorite scene is actually probably the um, the ceremony where the the two people who turned 72 okay um, where they jumped off the cliff yeah just because uh, I feel like that is the real turning point in the film oh for sure because um, yeah. like until then, Everything seems nice. They're like, we're going to do this the first bit of festivities. Yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> Let's go. Grab your drinks. And they, they go there. And the way that the different characters reacted, oh. um, particularly... Uh, the British couple? N- no. Um, or Danny. Danny. Yeah. Particularly Danny, uh, with the way that like, it was almost like she couldn't even comprehend it, or or in a way it was almost like it didn't. It seemed at that moment almost like it didn't bother her. Um, she she seemed kind of fine with it. Now later, after yeah, I think she was she, just in shock in general. But it it seemed like. It seemed like she understood. Uh, she probably did. I mean, and I understand to an extent. It's just like getting bull rushed into that situation cannot be good mentally. <laughs> and um, Josh knew about it, but it wouldn't tell any of them. Which is kind of... Which is, once di- again... That's a dick move. Dicky, shitty like, friend. Speci- well, what makes it especially dickish, like, I get you're doing your thesis. Yes, mm-hmm. you want to go see this. Yeah, um, but you should be like, by the way. <laughs> but you've got a... A mentally unstable girl who is still grieving the loss of her family uh, and don't bother to tell her yeah. that she's about to watch two people die. Yeah. Really fucked up stuff. And uh, did you see during that scene, like, it's showing the crowd and everything, and then it pops back and it shows one of the guys from the cult or the commune, like, standing there looking at the cliff, and then he turns around. And looks at the oh, camera, yeah. and he goes like, "Where did you get a load of this shit?" <laughs> you know, that's kind of like there were multiple moments. Yeah, like that. I, yeah. I was wondering. 
He's like, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna believe this. Like shit. that's something I, I wonder if anybody's like written about. I'm sure they, there are multiple like fourth yeah. brawl, fourth wall breaking yeah. moments. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really crazy, and <clears throat> you know, uh, that was I, I never noticed that in the first run, but the second run I was like, that's pretty cool how he's like, <laughs> you gonna see some shit. That's almost like and the gore, the gore, and you see oh, a lot it, of it. it look. So yeah. good. Yeah. Like when she hits the rock and they do slow motion, her bouncing off of it and her face is just in tatters. Yeah. Man, it's hard to watch. Or, I, that was worse than the smashing of it. I can handle that. But just seeing her, because I mean, it looked real. I mean, I'm not saying that that's what a smashed face looks like. But to me, it. Well, as someone who perused best gore. Oh my God. No, it really, it really does. Yeah. Like, they did a. That was a. Really good job of yeah, that. Phenomenal job of that. Like, it's just what they wanted it. It's, it's impactful and hard to swallow. And I'm sure if you were there in real life, I would be fucking out of there. I'd be like, peace, double deuces, and out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> my favorite scene, I still think, is the... I like the May Queen dance. And... Mm-hmm. Also, the combination of them luring Christian into this situation. How they work to separate him and to keep her occupied. But yet, when when she gets out of her little May Queen carriage, she hears the noises coming out there. And the one of the sisters goes, you don't want to go over there. That's not for us. Yet they still don't, they don't force her not to go. They let her do it because they are driving. She's the queen. Yeah, they're driving the wedge between him and her. And that was the final nail in the coffin or final bear in the fire. I do wonder, like, what? Okay, so with the sacrifice. Yes. Uh, they have the, the four people. And mm-hmm. so... Christian being sacrificed wasn't necessarily part of the plan. No. He you know, was there that, to that make was... babies with a underage girl. Yeah. I think she was of age. I just had this feeling, though, that she just had her first blood, and that's why she got the drink. I just, for some reason, I feel like she was 16, 17. I guess. I mean, <clears throat> so, I, I guess kind of thing. It, it does seem like one of those things where it's like, like first first crush like you're just starting to get these feelings and yeah. she's like let me let me feed him my <laughs> she's my like, menstrual blood it's like she like has a notebook and says christian and maja and hearts <laughs> oh and i like how they they did actually like put special notice on her making the the meat pie oh yeah 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 the pube pie was there yeah um, and then I like the second viewing I saw that everybody had different colored drinks except for his, which was red. Um, yeah, a little, little darker. A little darker. Yeah. Well, like, well, I didn't ask for grapefruit. <laughs> <clears throat> so I just loved it. There, there's hardly a a moment that I truly I wasn't just enthralled with. Um, I wish I was a smarter person that can like go over what I think certain things mean um but ultimately I think 
we go go we take Danny in a situation of grief, and while the arc isn't a huge arc, she goes from uh, completely depressed and saddened to smiling at the end because she finally got a family that's worth a shit, at least in her mind. Well, I think... I mean, there's different things that you can lean on in the movie, but I think what separates his films um, from, like, your Jordan Peele is that though, like, Get Out and Us all revolve around what these visual and themes represent yeah rather than what they are mm-hmm. um like he could just throw whatever in them but as long as it made sense for the the complete message which is why uh us was so lackluster to me because i felt the um the metaphor kind of it, it was very messy didn't yeah, make a it whole wasn't lot of a huge sense. Yeah. I, I do like doppelganger stuff though but like I, I liked it. Yeah, um, you know. it had a, it had its moments. Yeah, but it did not work near as well as Get Out did. Get Out was a very simple movie, but it was well done. Yeah, I mean it's a great movie. But, but Ari Aster, in both Hereditary and this, are more. Um, it's less about what these things that are happening represent in like like they're less of social commentary mm-hmm. and more um and more like puzzle pieces to like when you get to the end of the movie and you sit there like wait a minute what yeah what happened yeah i'm with uh, you that you've got your puzzle pieces all throughout the movie um like with hereditary there's all these clues about the yeah, called, cult and, uh, all the answers are are right in front of you. You just don't know what to look for, and it's the same kind of thing with with Midsummer, where uh, I mean, literally from the very beginning of the movie, they they tell you what's going to happen down to even down to like when you look at the moon side, mm-hmm. uh, which has her parents and sister's death. Yeah, I mean they straight up just have. The sister and the the tubes, yeah. I mean, uh, all the way down to the end with the flaming temple, yeah. Which, like I said, um, that initial scene of the flaming temple, where when I first watched it, I couldn't get it out of my head. I just kept seeing Christian and the bear, bear, and well, the fact that he he couldn't he couldn't move, no. he couldn't speak, no. So it's like he's like. He's in incredible pain. Yeah. But can't do anything about it. And just to, you know, just to make sure you know that that was incredibly painful, they got the one guy that does feel pain. Yeah. uh, Screaming out. And then you have everybody out there mimicking that. Which is another thing that if I was smarter, I could... Like, piece together why exactly they're doing this? Well, they do that with a lot of things, but what yeah. what I think it is, is for the commune, they feel everything everybody else feels. They they share, just like the Earth's almost, is almost one. hive mind. Yes. And so, like, when Danny is crying, they scream, because they're, they're taking their pain and sharing it. And it's not just you anymore that has to deal with it. It's them. 
so they're they're in in ways taking their pain as it is but then after it's done rejoicing and overjoyed that it's over and that only good luck hopefully will happen with the next crop and blah 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 hmm. so like I think that they they're just sharing sadness happiness you know just like when they're having sex all of them are moaning along with her they're they're feeling what she's they're, feeling they're, they're all taking part mm, in this you mm, got the old mm. lady coming in and like, get, <laughs> like get, get in there get in there now boy <laughs> oh so speaking of that um that well that's actually my second favorite scene oh um, you like the fucking well just the way that like that that kind of confusion that you have mm-hmm. on your first watch yeah uh, of what is going on I love that in film. Well, me too. And that kind of reminds me of, like, satanic stuff. Like, most of the time in those movies, uh, people are going to be naked in the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, uh, Ari Aster seems to be very comfortable with having naked people. I mean, yeah, I mean, I wonder if he directs that way. Um, Just like, well, since y'all are naked guys, I'm going to be naked. <laughs> and no. cut. Out my dick. But, um, so we mentioned earlier about the whole, like, this happens every 90 years yes. thing. Um, well, I, I looked it up. Uh, people were saying the mid the midsummer thing uh, in general uh, is just one, just one festival. Yeah, like there obviously there's more festivals. Yeah, but then um, one of the things people mentioned were about like weird coincidence that like. On the day that these people turn seventy-two, they they die. Yeah. Um, but we we kind of actually see how they how they like they don't have sex for pleasure. It seems no. sex is is for the mm-hmm. the purpose of babies to continue the commune. They even take the names of, of the, the people, people who died. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's safe to say that the actual days that these um, events happen are probably actually planned. Yeah. Like they know when these people are going to die because they've planned it all out. Yeah, just like in the Wicker Man, you know, they it's a big, a big plan. These pagan cultures are out to get our Christian values, you know, and Christian. In a bear suit. Nicolas Cage was in a bear suit, too, in Wicker <laughs> Have you ever seen that? I haven't. I've it's, only ever seen the... Uh... We, we should do that one, because that's bananas crazy. <laughs> well, and he's Nicolas got... Cage punches women, and it's hilarious. Nick Cage has a new movie coming out. Yeah? Is it a scary movie? I don't think it's a scary movie. Well... I think it's a comedy. I love Nicolas Cage all in I, All movie. I know is there's a... Um... He gets like a wax figure of himself. Yeah. So there may be horror elements. Horror elements. I'd have, I'd have to look it up because I don't remember. I don't remember what it was called. Um, but it hey, looked interesting. Nicholas Cage movies. I, I love him. I love Nicholas Cage as a actor and a person in general. Um, he's making a comeback. He's making a big comeback and he's doing good work. Uh, anyway, this is not about Nicholas Cage. Um, so Midsummer. Would you recommend it to the general horror fan? I know there's a lot more we can talk about, but we try to keep these things an hour. 
I would I would recommend I'd recommend it to most. Yeah. But definitely like like I think hereditary um one I I still think that that's just a better film I think that 100%, is uh, yeah. it is like a masterpiece. Yeah. This film's good. I don't think this film is for everyone. No. Not everyone's going to like it. Um but for most people, I'd say like give it a give it a shot. Yeah. If anything, just to you know appreciate something a little different than what you might yeah. normally see. Your James Wan movies. Yeah. Um. I mean, I would recommend it to pretty much anybody. However, I would be a better friend than Josh was, and I would give people fair warning of what to expect. Um. You know, I would never give secrets away, but I would, I would at least let them know kind of what they're walking into. Same with Hereditary. I think you kind of have to preface a little bit that it's something different. Yeah, it, that that's a weird spot in horror mm-hmm. movies. Because yeah. on one hand, it's like heavy themes and gore and even sex um, are kind of par for the course. Yeah. Like, you you kind of expect that in horror movies, but at the same time, not a lot of people do. And and to be fair, there's a different types of gore and sex in movies that lend itself to be more like okay, and then the other ones that are not okay. Yeah, I and guess. So, uh, I mean, I guess your gore and Evil Dead is much different than your yeah. gore and Maniac. I'm very cool with the Evil Dead one, as always. Um, but no, I, I would recommend it. I think that it's a movie. I think it's a movie that people need to see in general, just like Hereditary, regardless of whether you're a horror fan or not, you should see it. Um, and I think Midsummer is one of those just well made. It kind of reminds me of how The Shining. The Shining's really slow, very drawn out scenes, but they're just, it's just well made eye candy that you can kind of pick these little secrets out of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love Midsummer. Ari Aster's uh, one of my favorite directors. Period. Uh, so, Michael, now that we've been over Midsummer, uh, what are we going to do next, sir? Uh, well, let's get something a little, little newer. Um, you know, something fresh. Er. <laughs> We're going to do Fresh. Fresh, okay, and that is a Hulu movie? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Um, I don't know much about it. Yeah. Um, I just know that it has been recommended to me I know, a couple times. I know and Bucky, the Winter Soldier's in it. Oh, yeah. 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 I know he's in it, which I'm cool with. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. All right. I For some reason, I think it was like a cannibal movie. I could be wrong. I have but no we'll idea. We'll find out. That's good. We need to do one that we haven't seen before. That hopefully will be. It looks funny. So I'm hoping it'll be funny, funny and shocking. Yeah. So, well, Michael, it's good hanging out with you again. I hope you enjoy that cake I made for you. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, well, everybody, thank you for listening to the Cat Scare Podcast. Uh, I'm Campbell. I'm Michael. And good night and good luck. And don't join cults. Right? Moral of the story. Don't join 
Facebook groups that you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Your Facebook opinion isn't the ultimate opinion. (laughs) Good night.